UMass played a very strong first and second period in both games this weekend, but a tough third kept them from getting six points. They got two in each game for four on the weekend. We're going to talk all about it. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 79 of High Character. UMass, uh, they tied both games with Vermont, and that does not tell the whole story at all. I think it's safe to say this is one of the weirdest series that we've ever seen watching UMass hockey in all our days as fans. My name is Cameron, and I am joined by my good pal, Evan. Evan, how's it going, man? I feel like a hyper genius for not crap talk in Vermont too much like I basically was like I'm gonna shut up I don't care about where anybody's at in the season or like in the standings I mean I, I feel pretty smart not doing that <laughs> just knowing how the whole series unfolded we we had some good some bad and some ugly and I'm, I'm ready to talk about it because there is a lot to talk about in this one yeah, um, if you're not familiar with what happened in the games I imagine you are if you're listening to this pod but UMass had three nothing leads in the third period in both games. And in both games, they gave up that lead, went to overtime and won in a shootout, which they haven't done all season. So literally every way you look at it, just super weird from these two games, they get four points, but uh, really, really should have been six kicking ourselves kind of after, after both of those games. Yeah. If you only were able to make it out to one game, you didn't miss much in the other game because they were, damn near identical so I mean that's that's like as good for the wallet but um yeah overall I mean it doesn't really get much more choke job than that like it 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 hurts to say you know what I mean but that's just the reality of it I mean we absolutely quite frankly dominated the first two periods of both games you know like simple as that we looked really really good and just to kind of see it all go away towards the end of the third period in both games was just it was, it was just one of those gut checks, you know what I mean? It's just really for, – for a team that really wants to try and get a bunch of momentum and a team that's really looking forward to the playoffs, you know, and just – you know, you just got to win a couple games. We can't even close out games against Vermont, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a tough look right now. So, we really got to focus up late in games because that's kind of been a story of the whole season, I feel like. Yeah, it certainly hasn't. I guess it's – we've never seen it in quite this fashion before, partly because uh, the goals have been – somewhat hard to come by and they weren't in the first two periods of each of these games which was nice to see but um yeah definitely almost seems like uh, a regression on the defensive side how we're uh we had problems closing games earlier this season and but we never gave up three goals to give up the lead um in games and we did that back-to-back nights so uh super weird I, I guess we'll just jump right into it go through these games uh kind of quickly because like Evan said they were almost identical so first game Friday night at Mullins uh UMass rocking their gray jerseys um gave away gray t-shirts trying to gray out the arena which is pretty cool um and UMass looked like they weren't going to get off to a hot start took a really quick penalty um it was I think it was Lucas Mercury who found himself in the penalty box quite a bit spoiler alert um but yeah, find themselves uh, on the penalty kill right away. And Michael Cameron, we've been talking about him all season, uh, gets a steal in the neutral zone and uses that speed to skate in uh, and get a shorty to make it one nothing. UMass just two and a half minutes into this one. Something we haven't seen a little bit is a guy who can just absolutely nip one top shelf. Um, he did that on this play. I mean, the the kind of context leading up to it was a little weird. It was a shorthanded goal and Vermont was in the neutral zone and they kind of just lost the puck like just really just couldn't corral it and Michael Cameron super speedy as always that's kind of one of his main traits he's a really really good skater jumps on the puck and full leg kick and everything he was clicking in the right stick playing shell I mean he just absolute you know faked out the goalie with a little fake shot and just nips at top corner like postage stamp right there bar down almost beautiful shot you know haven't seen anything like that really all season just being able to take it right into the goalie and just put it where he can't get his glove on it, which is beautiful. And yeah, I mean, early lead doesn't get much better than that, really. Yeah. And UMass, like you said, played pretty well 
um, the next few minutes, about halfway through the period, pucks behind the net, uh, kind of squirts out in front off a, off a pass. And um, Kenny Connors finds it, I believe, on his backhand, and he just kind of puts it back on net, goes through, makes it 2 nothing UMass pretty quick. I think you kind of skipped over the best part was like, you kind of just called it a pass. I mean, it was literally Kolohara hitting it out of midair behind the net to put it in front. Like that's some Trevor Zegers type stuff right there. Like that's like, if you're John Tortorella right now, you're looking at this saying we got to get that out of the game. There's too much flashy stuff going on in here. I don't like it. You know, full boomer take right there, but yeah, Kolohara, which is filthy hand eye to just bat the puck towards the front of the net. And then Kenny Connors, saw enough of the puck I mean it was kind of a weird little jam type backhand to just kind of put it on net but Tendy didn't see it and that's all you need sometimes when there's a lot of traffic in front of the net so kind of a fortunate bounce but it led to a goal and really really good one at that yeah it really was and I I think I was just thinking about the next one that UMass scored because uh that one really pretty in itself uh we jumped to the second period and just a really, really nice passing play from uh, Eric Faith to Reed Lebster to Cal Keefuke, kind of a tic-tac-toe on, a, on an odd man rush into the zone. Keefuke has a really nice little dangy finish and makes it 3 nothing about halfway through the second. Again, basically in all alone. I mean, this time was due to a cool little drop pass from Lebster, but that's kind of been something that the team's been lacking a little bit. It just seems like over the course of the season and just being able to finish, especially like from high percentage looks like that, like in on the rush. You know, just he had all the space in the world to make a move and he actually was able to convert. So it was a great play by Keefuke. He's been on a little bit of a roll recently. I think he has, I'm not sure if it's a point streak, but I know he's definitely gotten some goals in his past couple of games. So really, really good look, especially because it was all three seniors getting involved in the play, Faith to Lebster to Keefuke. So really, really solid play. I mean, I was kind of hoping that the seniors would kind of keep up the momentum, you know, just because they've all been looking really good so far on the offensive end. And, uh, the first two goals of the game were from freshmen, oddly enough, and now the seniors kind of get back into it. So really, really even scoring, which was good, you know, kind of sorry from all, uh, I guess, undergraduate levels, you know, really, really cool to see. Yeah, it was. And one thing that definitely has to be mentioned about these first two periods too, um, an insane amount of penalties. I think I'm counting eight between the two teams for uh, the first and second period. One of them being a um, hitting from behind game misconduct from Vermont uh and then that UMass didn't capitalize on and UMass had six of them in the first two periods all two of them from Morrow um one of them from Mercury like we said uh Adamson O'Hara as well and Jerry Harding so really undisciplined play but UMass didn't get beat so uh I mean you could say everything you want about this game and what we're about to tell you happened in the third but um the downfall really wasn't the penalties in this one, even though UMass had a ton of them in the first two periods. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I can kind of say about the penalties and maybe how it wouldn't have helped us out in the third period is just, we probably got really tired towards the, towards the third period, just because you're having to kill so many penalties. Like we, if I remember correctly, we might've only had like four or five minutes of five on five time in that whole second period. So, I mean, it's, it's a really, really tough look overall. I mean, if you got to kill that many penalties, you're just going to be, you know, moving side to side. You're, you're tiring your legs out because you got to cover one extra guy on the ice the whole time. You know, I really do think that that kind of contributed to the, you know, just overall downfall of the third period. But yeah, I mean, on the score sheet, obviously big 0 for 7 out of Vermont in this game, you know, just shows that the penalty kill was just locked in all night. I mean, Pav looked pretty damn good up until this point. We were blocking a lot of shots, you know, we were, you know, we, we look pretty, pretty good in this game overall. And then as we're going to talk about it, just kind of all crumbled, which you hate to see. Yeah. It's been a theme for this team in the third period this season, uh, kind of running out of gas is what we attributed it to, but um, they just haven't flat out, haven't played well in the third period. And that really showed in this game uh, less than two minutes in um, we see the first Vermont goal and uh, somehow Vermont's Twitter's even worse than ours with posting videos so we have no videos of these goals or really anything to go off of to describe them. Just, uh, just keep that in mind. They literally only post the the score at the end of the period. So uh, we don't have much to work with. But the first one comes with less than less than two minutes into the period from Finn Evans to make it 3-1. If I remember correctly, I might need to be corrected on this one, but I believe this was the one that kind of just got behind Pav and it was sitting on the goal line. And I think Lebster tried to clear it out and he missed it. Or he might have got a piece of it and it like went off the post or something like that. But I remember one of the goals, I think it was in this period, 
it was just sitting directly on the line and we had a Vermont player and a UMass player. I think it was Lebster going for it and we just couldn't get it off the line mm-hmm. and it ended up trickling in. So I think that was this goal. And yeah, I mean, Pav simply just has to do better there. I mean, he had no idea where the puck even was. He thought it was stuck in his pads or something like that. And kind of was unfortunate for Lebster as well because he was trying to clear the puck out and he just couldn't seem to get it cleanly. It seemed like the puck was just kind of on edge and spinning around on the line. So yeah, I mean, you got to do better there. You know, you just need to get cleaner, cleaner plays from both your goalie and, you know, whoever's acting as the defensive guy there too. So not, not a good look there. Yeah. And then uh, less than two minutes later, Pav had another unfortunate goal. Um, Massimo Lombardi kind of just tucked one five hole from the slot of the puck that, have really should have had uh, and just made it three to two very quickly into the third yeah I mean we were just kind of on our on our back foot you know at this point like you, you get one and you're kind of thinking to yourself like okay you know you you get one no big deal just tighten up and we're good to go we're still up by two and then everybody says oh two goal lead most dangerous lead in hockey you know that's kind of what happened here I mean we just he had too much space too much time and he just kind of talked at home so the team just could not seem to kind of get anything going at this point it was just that weird third period and it's going to continue towards towards the end of the third period as well we just did not look very good in the third at all yeah and uh UMass held the held the lead for a while in the third although Vermont was applying a lot of pressure um Vermont won the shot totals in this period 15 to 6 uh so that kind of tells the story right there and then they finally break through for the tie with four minutes left in this game. Um, Lombardi again, kind of just won a race to the puck along the, along the boards. If I remember correctly, UMass had three guys trying to collapse in on the puck and only one guy back covering the goal. Um, he just kind of backhands it to a player streak into the slot and uh, he scores to make it three to three and really deflating after everything that happened early in this game, finally getting some goals, but that lead he raced in the third. Yeah, and I think the important thing to kind of note here that we didn't fully talk about was Ufko kind of got a major penalty earlier on in the period. I think that was kind of one of the the death knells, you know what I mean? Like, you're you're basically losing one of your best defensemen right there, and you have to now kill off a five-minute power play. Like, it's not a recipe for success at all. So, I mean, the boys were already pretty tired. I mean, the first two periods, we were out shooting the hell out of them. You know what I mean? Like, that's going to take a toll on your team already just from being so active offensively. And yeah, I mean, Ufko being gone, he's one of our better penalty kill guys. You know what I mean? He eats up a lot of minutes. And now that he's the reason why you're on a five minute penalty kill is just, it's, it's just tough. So yeah, I mean, four minutes to go and they tie the game up after, you know, basically dominating you the whole third period. I, at this point, I was kind of thinking to myself like, all right, that's it. That's the game. You know what I mean? Like we, we go from absolutely obliterating in the first two periods and then doing that. It's just, I felt deflated, not even just the team. You know what I mean? Yeah, and UMass was able to hold going into overtime, and then we had a scoreless overtime as well. Um, but shots end up being 31-31. So UMass gives up 31 shots to uh, what is one of the worst offensive teams, not only Hockey East, but in the country going into this game, a team that doesn't get much shots, many shots off at all. So um, pretty deflating the, the nature of what happened there. Then we go to a shootout, a place where UMass really hasn't excelled this season. They didn't even have a shootout goal this season coming into this game. So uh, you could see where your hope would be lost in this one. But um, Carvel switched things up a little bit. Michael Cameron goes first. He scores. Pretty cool. Um, Vermont also scores in their attempt. Uh, Mora went second, and both guys didn't score there. And then O'Hara went third, uh, and Lombardi for Vermont missed his, and O'Hara puts his home to give UMass that extra point in the shootout, uh, which was nice to see, finally getting a couple shootout goals. But uh, UMass gets two points in a game where they really needed three and really should have gotten three, all things considered. That's the key. I mean, I remember explicitly after the second period, I remember talking to you during the intermission and thinking to myself, like, all right, you know, we're actually out shooting them for once. Like, I think the shots were something like 25 to like, might've been like 13 or something like that. Like we were heavily out shooting them. And then the third period happens and that essentially erased it. Like, I'm pretty sure the shots were tied. Like you said, I mean, what the hell guys, you know, like I, we got to just close out games. I mean, again, I'm, I'm not even looking towards the tournament or anything like that. Or just like the playoffs in general. I mean, just against teams in the regular season, we got to learn how to close out games, you know, like, we just 
in 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 some moments like the first two periods there uh what's his name uh oscar alex whatever the hell audio the the finish audio yeah yeah he was just killing it with some nasty glove saves i mean we should have realistically scored about five or six that game you know he was robbing us you know we were shooting straight at him a couple of times i mean we we had so many chances it was absolutely ridiculous and we didn't put all of them away and i'm sitting here thinking we don't have to put all of them away you know like we're looking solid defensively and then it gets completely negated with that horrendous third period. So it's just, it's happened all season and I don't know what's going to change. I think it's just going to, we just got to suck it up and just, we're just going to know that that's going to be the the type of team for the rest of the season. And hopefully they figure it out in the off season, maybe with some, some new guys in the lineup or something like that. I have no clue, but it's super weird right now. Yeah. And I don't know how many worst period of the seasons I got left in me. Uh, They're, they're starting to add up quite a bit. In uh, in Coach Carvel, even though UMass did take two points, uh, he was pissed. He said in the post game press conference, "I didn't like the way we played tonight. When you take seven penalties, there's a reason for that. Guys didn't come out and play with the integrity that's necessary. And giving up a three goal lead in the third period, I don't know if I've ever done that as a coach. I'm not happy at all about this game. It's great to see two freshmen freshmen score in the shootout." We've not had much luck in shootouts here. So to have two freshmen step up, that was, I guess, the highlight. I know Vermont was a little shorthanded tonight, and I thought the game was completely inexcusable. And I think us and a lot of UMass fans that we saw on Twitter kind of echo that statement after this one. Really tough to swallow, given you had the 3 nothing lead in the third. Now, I'm currently doing some research because now that I just heard that quote, I want to look something up Um I'm pretty sure Carvey just said that he has never given up a three goal lead before. May may I in the may, third? Oh, in the third. Well, yeah. no. Um, I can say at the bare minimum, we let up four goals against Clarkson in the quick trip holiday faceoff. <laughs> we were, I'm pretty sure, up at one point like two nothing, and then we get beat six to three. They scored four goals on us in the third, and we didn't score any. Yeah. So. Right there, I mean, you're giving up a four goal lead in the third, or you know, what I mean? or maybe not a lead, but we got four absolutely goals. Out- yeah, you give up four goals in the third and get absolutely outplayed when you were literally winning. You know what I mean? Like you're out here going into the third period winning and you lose by three. What the hell? You know what I mean? Like we've seen third period collapses already, and I mean, it's it's sad, quite frankly, you know, because it just happens so often, and especially against teams that I'm pretty sure at the time were lower than us in the pairwise. You yeah, know, we're losing games that we quite frankly shouldn't be losing like that. And yeah, it's just been the story of the season that we just need to clean up. Simple as that. Yeah. And Carvey talking specifically about third period, three goal leads. I yeah. can't remember that ever happening. That's fair. Yeah. I completely misunderstood the quote. As yeah. I usually do. I mean, I'm stupid. These things, these things happen. You're, you're here for entertainment, not for cold, hard facts. So <laughs> that's, that's where I come in sometimes. All right. So yeah, let's not harp too much on this one because we got pretty similar stuff coming up here for the second one. So uh, Saturday, UMass looking to bounce back and get three points. Uh, This was the pink the rink night. Um, So giving out those pink pom-poms and stuff. Uh, Not much changes to the lines for this one. Uh, Owen Murray slotted in on defense for Mikey Adamson, who moved to the extra skater. And then Tyson Dick moved from extra skater to... um, the left wing spot on the third line. So nothing much different here. We get started in this one uh, and pretty uneventful first period. I think we both called it kind of boring. Um, a lot of just neutral zone play, not too many shots and uh, no score into the first intermission. Yeah. It wasn't really a whole lot going on. Um, you know, decent hockey overall. I mean, Carrier looked pretty solid. I mean, Pavsage looked pretty solid. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of shots if I remember correctly, but both goalies were, you know, were just kind of doing their thing. I mean, very, very simple game of hockey. And then, you know, like I, I remember before the game started, I was predicting like a 5-3 win or something like that for UMass. And then after the game goes, you know, 0-0 after the first, I was like, all right, well, there goes that prediction. But little did we know there's going to be an absolute goal explosion in the third period to completely blow that out of the water. So that's going to be a fun one to talk about in a little bit. Yeah, and UMass got their first two in the second, about four minutes in. We see Ryan Ufko, the man of this game, um, just skating laps around the offensive zone, keeping the puck away from Vermont. Finally flips one on from the blue line. Um, can't really tell if it got deflected or not going in, but uh, he scores to make it one nothing UMass for his first of the night. 
he was doing, in, in my opinion, I would call it his best Scott Morrow impression. Like yep. just carrying the puck around. I mean, I thought they switched jerseys at the end of the first period or something like that. But yeah, I mean, he just looked very poised on the puck. He was waiting for his moment. I mean, I think if anything, he was just kind of looking for somebody to make a move so we can pass him the puck. And nobody was really moving a lot in the offensive zone. It was kind of just a lot of stationary play. And he said, screw it, I'll whip it on net, see what happens. And Tandy didn't see it. Nobody that was in front of the Tandy really saw it. And I think it snuck under his like left armpit or something like that. It was a silly goal, but yeah, really, really solid goal for, for Ufko. Another twine seeking missile. If you guys are keeping count at home, I think we're on like the third of the season. Maybe I'm not sure. Have there been any piss missiles this season? I thought there was one. Might've been one. So I think he had three goals up until this point. I'm totally not fact checking that whatsoever. Um, but yeah, definitely a twine seeking missile right there, which was really, really cool to see. Yeah, and uh, 10 minutes later, we see UMass skating in with the puck on pretty much a two-on-two. Cole O'Hara has the puck, and he looks to pass to, I think, Michael Cameron coming up the other side, and a Vermont player tips it in, gets a beautiful deflection on the puck, makes it 2 nothing UMass. Yeah, I mean, as we saw in the third period of the previous game, Vermont can score against UMass, and apparently they can also score against themselves. <laughs> Pretty cool. So, I mean... Really not much carry I could do there. I mean, just kind of – you just kind of put the the puck into that weird little corridor of danger, if you will, and anything can happen, and it just kind of found its way in. You know what I mean? It's just one of those weird kind of pucks that will just kind of flick off someone's stick and gets over the line, and that's realistically all that matters. So really, really cool goal there. I mean, completely unintentional, but good things happen when you when you put the puck in that weird area. Exactly, and you get the, the rush going through too that – um. No, just getting the puck towards the net creates some action, creates some unknown. So good job there by Cole O'Hara. We move to the third, about seven minutes in. UMass has the puck kind of skating around the offensive zone. We see Ryan Ufko again. He's got the point near the the puck near the faceoff dot on the right side. Again, he just kind of tosses it on net, and I believe it went off another Vermont defender here and into the goal to make it three nothing UMass. And we. Uh, we're cautious with what happened the previous night, but we were feeling pretty confident at this point with 13 minutes left in the game. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of split a little bit because it's like, you know, both the O'Hara goal and then this off goal right here. It's like, did you really deserve it? You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of a weird one. Like we played well enough to get the puck into that area, but it's like, it's a lucky bounce at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't really call it the most skillful of goals. You kind of just throw it in the area in theory, I could have scored that, you know what I mean? You kind of just hope for a lucky deflection like that, but obviously not going to harp on the boys too much. I mean, you play well enough to get yourself in that position. You're going to get rewarded and yeah, completely weird goal, you know, by all accounts, but they all count at the end of the day. So I kind of like you, I was feeling a bit weird. I was like, Hey, we've been here before, you know, like I've, I've seen this one, but I'm thinking to myself at this point, like we can't do that twice in a row, right? Like that's kind of a, you know, like a once a season type of collapse. There's no way we do that again. And little did we know we're going to, we're going to get to that point once again. Yeah. This is where UMass started to give their best Toronto Maple Leafs impression. Uh, Nine minutes left in the game. They're still up three, nothing. And we see Isaac Walther. He, uh, he put back a shot from the point from Eric Gotts um, off a little rebound, kind of a puck that, we want Pav to have there, but uh, that's how Vermont gets on the board and makes it three to one. Yeah. This is going to be a kind of a common theme with most of the goals that we're going to talk about for Vermont this period. It's just like part of me wants to kind of say Pav needs to do better, but again, it's kind of on the defense too. You know what I mean? Like mm. there we're going to, I think there's going to be a, a moment in this game where there's like three goals and like, it's like 25 seconds or something crazy like that. You know what I mean? Like, they both teams got to do better clearly, you know what I mean? To try and limit those sorts of chances, especially right off of a face off. And yeah, it's just, the boys need to tighten up, you know, it's simple as that. We just have not been tight. Like I remember last year we used to harp on was Slava Demin of all people, you know, we score a goal completely screw up on the, on the ensuing face off. And then the other team just walks right in and scores like that happened, you know, in this game. And it's like, that happened after Vermont already scored one. Like we're going to talk about the next goal. So the boys were just, I don't know if they were just feeling overconfident, but once the clock struck, you know, 10 minutes to go, we just weren't ready. Simple as that. Yeah. And their next one comes just 12 seconds later. Um, Vermont just straight up skates the puck in. There's a defensive breakdown. 
uh, kind of soft on Pav's part. Everything kind of leads to them making it three, two. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like we just, we've just been completely just losing it at key points in the third period. You know what I mean? Like that, I don't know if we want to like go into a massive conversation. Cause I mean, we've been, I mean, I've at least been, I don't want to speak for you, but I've been kind of up and down on Pav through a lot of the season. Like, and so is he quite frankly with his performances. Like sometimes he will genuinely steal you a game or keep you in the game single-handedly. And I don't want to say he lost us the game almost single-handedly because it's a team effort. You know what I mean? The, the team did not play as well in front of him in the third period. That's pretty obvious to say, but like a couple of those goals, man, he, he should have had realistically. And I mean, it, it's going to get up to the point where he, he gets yanked for Graham. You know what I mean? Like clearly not, not many people were very impressed with how he was playing at the end of this period. So again, just another monumental collapse just beginning right in front of our eyes, literally a day after the previous one. Yeah, and I, I uh, misspoke before. Vermont scored its first, uh, then a couple minutes went by, and then Sinclair and Mata, they scored 12 seconds apart. So um, the Mata goal was the the one to tie it at three, and we immediately see Pav get yanked after that. All three, you could probably say, were pretty soft goals and uh, just a really tough weekend for him overall. So um, we thought Graham might start the second game with how the first one went. Pav gets the nod. Um, and try to get his confidence back a little bit, and it it did not do the job. So Henry Graham comes in with about seven minutes left in this one. Yeah, and I mean, you can kind of tell that it, it kind of gave everybody a boost. Kind of just seems like that. I mean, I don't know what it necessarily is. I mean, it could just be the fact that goalie changes just tend to kind of spark teams a little bit, you know, just in general. But it might just be something with Henry Graham in particular because the team just always seems to kind of jump a little bit whenever he hops in net. I don't know if he's got a little bit of an energy boost, but uh, it kind of, you can tell it kind of pays off here because I think we ended up scoring. I'm trying to do quick mental math here. 13 seconds after Graham comes in, like something <laughs> crazy like that. So, I mean, it, and spoiler alert, it's off go again. That's pretty cool. He gets his hattie, you know, off of, I'm pretty sure he just kind of gets the puck off the face off, literally just glides into the offensive zone and just rips it on net. Like, I think it was through a little bit of traffic, but I mean, come on, man. You know what I mean? Like I was tempted to throw the hat, but limited edition, high character hat, you know, you kind of can't get rid of that sort of really cool relic. You know what I mean? So I figured that wasn't the time to get rid of the hat, but might start have to, you know, I might keep an extra hat on me every now and then because you never know when that's going to happen again. But uh, that, sadly, it seems like that the the good times right there will be a little bit short lived. You know, I'm kind of thinking like, okay, guys, we screwed up for three goals there, but off goes the man. He gets us back in the lead. I'm like, just be normal and hold on to the lead and sadly that uh doesn't happen yeah and you're going for my job but with I the know, play-by-play up go up go scores to get his hat trick um which was pretty awesome i um, mean it was a go-ahead goal which is huge to answer right away after vermont tied the game but vermont would level it once again just a couple minutes later we see timofey spitzer off former umass decommit um, he committed to UMass and then chose to go to Vermont. He ties this game again at four with less than three minutes left in the game. And that one's given everything that I just said, a real punch in the face. Yeah. I mean, this one, I God, I really wish we had video for, because this one, I don't remember that well. I think it was kind of a, like, I'm not sure if it was really on Graham. I don't want to even point fingers at this point because it's starting to get to the point where both goalies are letting in softies. It's like, who, who really is to blame? So who knows? But yeah, that was just a complete punch to the gut right there. I mean, we were kind of all feeling good after Ufto's go-ahead goal there. And we just, again, just more of the same, just can't ice games at the end. So yeah, it's just kind of thinking like, okay, we're going to another, you know, overtime. And I felt sick to my stomach, quite frankly. Yeah, it's almost comical at this point with what happened in Friday's game seeing this one get tied up and go to overtime uh a pretty uneventful overtime outside of one really really nice save from Henry Graham near the end of the overtime period but uh it stays scoreless take a 4-4 tie into the shootout yet again and we see Michael Cameron go first because that's what happened the first game and obviously he scores because he's just built different um and then we see Upco in the second round because he's built different in this game. He scores as well. He finds the back of the net for the fourth time of the night. And UMass gets away with that extra point from the shootout. But yet again, uh, kind of chokes away 
uh, possibility at three points. And UMass takes four points on the weekend, one where they really, really should have had six. It's a disappointment. Simple as that. I mean, I don't think I've ever been upset at, you know, two technically ties, but I think if you get the extra point in, in overtime or, you know, the shootout, I think it goes down as a win in my book, but that's also why I don't write the rules. So my point or my, my opinion is a little bit irrelevant in that regard, but I mean, you go up three, nothing and you're leading three, nothing in both games, you know, going into the third, you gotta, you gotta win those games. It's as simple as that. You know, I mean, again, it's just been a theme this whole season, man. Like the inexperience is really showing, you know, I think it gets to the point where kind of like what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, the, the third defensive pairing, you know, it's just, it's all freshmen. You know, that's all we have to pick from at this point. And they just, they're not experienced enough. And I think that we were really riding on our first two defensive pairings to kind of eat up those key minutes. And it's either they're too tired to play and then we get beat on that. Or if we have to roll that third defensive pairing, they're just, they just don't have it yet. You know what I mean? To kind of, to, to play really solid defense in those key moments. So it's, it's super unfortunate. I feel like, we just, we got to win those in regulation. I mean, the only encouraging thing is that Michael Cameron is kind of emerging as a pretty legitimate shootout threat, which is, I guess it's kind of cool. You know what I mean? Like that, that's cool to see. And, you know, obviously Ufko essentially scoring four goals in the game. You know, if you count the shootout winner as well, that's obviously super encouraging because, you know, if, if he's firing on all cylinders, the team's going to be at least offensively looking a lot better. You know what I mean? But defensively, we just, we just didn't have it sadly. Yeah, and uh, UMass had 38 shots in this game too, which is pretty encouraging. And they only gave up 21 shots to UVM, uh, which is good, but just kind of shows that the the goaltending was pretty lacking in this one. Then um, I have another Coach Carvel quote after this one. He said, "Unfortunately, a mirror image of last night. Same exact thing. We played pretty well, built a sizable lead, and absolutely gave it away. Ditto everything I said last night. So obviously, you could tell." He's very frustrated with these two outcomes and um, us and most of the the common uh, kind of thoughts of UMass fans that we've seen last weekend or this weekend, uh, pretty disappointed. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I keep saying I don't know how many more I got left in me. I have at least <laughs> one more because I'm saying it right now. But I just, I just hope we can figure something out. You know what I mean? Like we have some tough games realistically up ahead, which I wouldn't have said originally at the beginning of the season. Like nobody was expecting BC to be decent. Granted, they're not that decent, but compared to us, they're, they're all right. You know what I mean? Like same thing with Vermont. I mean, I wasn't expecting them to, you know, score three and four goals against us respectively, you know, respectively, but here we are, you know, we're, we're talking about it right now. So, you know, with the, with the way that Maine is playing currently, they're, they're getting some pretty big wins under their belt. I'm a little scared going forward. So I, I hope we can figure it out because the rest of the season is not a cakewalk by any means at this point with the way that we're playing. So if we can turn things around, I like our chances, but as it stands right now, we are nowhere near that. And, and it's a little concerning. Right. And there's some narrative going around that's uh, along the lines of, Oh, if this happened for UMass hockey 10 years ago, people would be happy. Oh, we got four points on a weekend. We got, uh, two shootout wins, pretty cool. But uh, the way that Coach Carvel has built this program and the whole new mass kind of moniker, um, I mean, Coach himself echoes that these are like unexpected. Like, you can't have this outcome. No. It's absolutely, uh, it's like a nightmare watching it happen live. Um, I mean, in this game, less than ten minutes to go, and you have a shutout. You give up three goals in five minutes. It's like unacceptable stuff uh i'm we uh did the post game skate after the game for this one and we got to talk to some of the players um they're from what we could tell minds are pretty focused in right now on just trying to get hot um nice to see some goals going this weekend it's kind of been a struggle lately obviously the um defensive problem in both third periods but um from what we heard from them they're just thinking they can get hot at the right time uh you just got to win a couple games kind of go on a little streak in the hockey east playoffs and you could have a lot of success so that's where their minds are at right now just kind of work doing whatever they can to start getting hot um and i think things are looking decent right now i think 
you're going to need goaltending to, to stay hot like that. And that's seems to be the, the area that didn't come together in this series. I think the other thing that didn't come together was the discipline. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you give up seven penalties in the first game. Let me check and see how many were in the second. I mean, that's another four, four right there. You're yeah. giving up 11 minor penalties in two games, man. To the worst team in hockey East. Like that's ridiculous. And one of them, considering one of them was a, uh, was a game misconduct out of Ofco. Grant that he definitely made up for it in the second game, but I mean, come on boys. You know what I mean? Like mm. I'm pretty sure Mercury, not to completely single him out, but I think he had three minor penalties on the weekend. Granted, one of them was a really stupid embellishment call. Yeah. Which I can kind of forgive him on that one. The dude was getting cross-checked behind the play and he, you know, slightly starts to lean over after being cross-checked and they say, no, you're embellishing. Huh? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Something didn't add up there, but. With him, it's kind of been all season, though. Yeah, very true. Yeah, he is. He has not been extremely disciplined. So, I mean, it's it's really hard to get hot when you can't even stay out of the box. You know what I mean? So, definitely, definitely not the reason that we lost either game. No, Um, I wouldn't say. Just doesn't won't help you win games in the future for sure. Correct. Exactly. That's that's my main point that I'm kind of trying to bring up. Like it wasn't an issue in this series particularly because our our penalty kill was actually perfect on the on the weekend yeah we did not give up a single power play goal which is extremely encouraging but even strength in the third period we sucked ass so Mm. something's got to give yeah i wouldn't even say that's extremely encouraging when you have the the worst offensive team in hockey east and one of the worst in the country coming in i mean all you can really do though is you you can only play the team that's in front of you you yeah exactly they they did the best with what they had to play against you know yeah can can we really talk about how bad they were offensively if they put up three and four goals against us? You know what I mean? So if we were able to shut them down with a man advantage and they were scoring on us even strength, hey, our, our penalty kill was decent then. You know what I mean? So I can't be that upset with the with the special teams, but it's just the defense in the third period just simply got to change. You know, I don't know if it's just a nerve thing. I, I don't know what it is. And I don't think the coaching staff knows what it is right now either because we haven't been able to solve it. But yeah we we got to figure it out soon or this season's going to be over pretty quickly into the postseason yeah definitely all right you want to uh jump into our awards yes sir all right so uh this might be pretty predictable for you um for the first one first award we like to give out is ccc carvel's character and compete award um and it definitely has to go to Ryan Ufko in this one. Anytime you get a hat trick and you don't win this award from us, uh, something crazy happened in that series. So uh, this is crazy in itself. Ufko getting three goals and the overtime, uh, the shootout goal to win it. So awesome, awesome game from him. Obviously, he had the the game misconduct in the first game, but when you have the when you have a hat trick in the second one, we're gonna forget about that. Just great job by Ufko, and um, I'm starting to get nervous. We're not gonna have him for next season with how well he's been playing. Yeah, I mean, I'm absolutely shocked that you gave in the CCC. I mean, come on, man. There's so many other willing participants <laughs> who could have got it. I mean, totally did not deserve it from Ufko there. But all jokes aside, I mean, he he killed it. You know what I mean? Granted, he almost killed the man in the first game, but he killed the puck in the second game, which we can forgive a little bit. You know I mean? Eh, it's it's unfortunate when you when you have a major penalty like that. But three goals you know, which in a game that should have been a pretty, pretty easy, you know, game winning goal scenario where you're scoring, you know, was it seven minutes left in the third or whatever the hell it was? I mean, mm-hmm. he, he, he should have, we should have got all three points just on his offensive prowess alone, but sadly it wasn't to be So you know, it is what it is, but yeah, it simple as that. He, he was the player of the weekend, just purely due to having a hat trick. I don't think it we, when was the last time we even had a hat trick. It's probably, probably John Leonard, right? I'm thinking it was somewhat would have been like Yasevich. Did he get one? I thought he might have got a Hattie at some point. I'm thinking either like Garrett Wade or like Carson Yasevich. It might have been during the during the cup run or the, the natty run that we had. Oh, you're right. That's in my the, in the tournament, right? I think I think he got three. I forget who it was again. It might have been like Lake Superior or something. But yeah. I'm pretty sure he managed to net three at some point. So it's been quite a while you know all things considered it's been almost two years now so that right there is a big accomplishment in itself and I think I saw a tweet uh after after the second game I think that was the first Hattie from a UMass defenseman since like 2011 yep so I mean that's that's ridiculous right there in itself 12 years since a defenseman's gone to Hattie really really cool to see and yeah 
fully deserved award for him. Absolutely. Good job, Ryan Ufko. All right. So the second award that we give out is a good try UMass award. Somebody that we need to see do better out there for the next game. Uh, and unfortunately, I think we have to give this one to Pav. I mean, uh, comes in uh, really sharp the last three games. Uh, so we expect some good things against the worst offensive team in hockey East. And he gives up three goals on both nights, really never looked comfortable once um, just kind of with the body language and uh, some of the the weird rebounds and stuff like that. So definitely an off weekend for him. Uh, I don't, I don't know if we should be concerned about that or not going forward, but he didn't look like he had his best. I mean, I I'll start off with, I guess, just his overall play, in my opinion. I mean, I I'm convinced that his goal might, or his, his glove might've had a, like a hole in it or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, there were so many just easy kind of glove stops that he could have had. And they like went off like the upper part of his glove to where he couldn't just like kind of trap it in the webbing and they would just go out into the corner, you know, yeah, super weird stuff. I mean, like you said, his body language was just kind of uncomposed. He seemed a little, you know, a little nervous at times. I don't know, just not very comfortable. And I, I do think that there is cause for alarm going forward because we've, we've kind of seen it throughout the whole season. I mean, he's very streaky. You know, mm. some nights he will be genuinely unstoppable and some nights, you know, especially in the third period, he will look borderline unplayable at times. You know what I mean? Like he got yanked in that second game and Graham looked all right. You know what I mean? Like the, the goal against in the third period wasn't ideal, but he showed up in the shootout and he showed up in overtime and that's, that's what matters. I mean, that's, that's pretty clutch right there. And I don't know. I mean, like I said, I don't know if it's cause for alarm because we've seen it through most of the season already, but yeah, it's, it's not good at the, at the bare minimum. It's not good. Yeah. And uh, I got no idea who's going to start this next game at BC. Um, I don't even want to start to think about a prediction for that. I have no idea. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's our, our good try. Um, hope to see Pav out there and hope to kind of get over this little funk. Um, certainly didn't look comfortable this weekend. It was kind of, kind of tough to see. All right. So now we will move on to our custom awards. Evan, you want to give out your first one? Yes, sir. All right. Michael Cameron, get those hands ready to accept an award. I'm giving you the Desperado award because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, it's like a cowboy type thing. We're in a wild west shootout type scenario. Man's quick on the draw. He's out here scoring when it comes to shootouts. He's killing it. Um, I mean, beautiful, you know, really just in in alone on the goaltender in all in all accounts. I mean, both shootouts. He's one-on-one with the tendy, gets it behind him. One was a filthy backhand dangle, just kind of takes it right around. Uh, I think it was Carrier. It was the second goal that he or the second game that he did that. Easy snipe on the first one off of a quick little forehand backhand type thing. And then in the first game, very first goal, the shorthanded one takes the puck out of the neutral zone in all alone on the tendy nips at far corner. I mean, it's, it's easy. You know what I mean? He's making the shootouts look absolutely simple when the rest of the team really hasn't had much luck when it comes to just one-on-one with the goaltender type chances. And he's, he's really separated himself from the pack when it matters there. And I'm, I'm hoping that it leads to, you know, a, a fruitful, you know, kind of next couple seasons for him, because if he can keep, you know, kind of just building on that sort of, you know, skill set that he has to put himself into those situations. He's going to be a dangerous player. And I'm, I'm really, really excited to see what, uh, what the next steps he's going to take, you know, like kind of development wise and skill set wise, because I think he can be a really, really good player if he continues this. Yeah. He's looking like a stud. Uh, we got a chance to talk to him on the ice after the second game. Uh, really good guy too. So that's nice to see. And Desperado award. He's awesome in the shootouts. You love yes, to see sir. it. He'll be a staple in that shootout lineup the rest of this regular season for sure if if they get there. Yeah. All right. I am going to give out the Golden Glove Award, Um, the Gold Glove Award, obviously given to a a baseball player who's best defensively um, for the year. But for this one, I'm going to give it to Henry Graham. We mentioned it briefly. Uh, He came in in relief of Pav and in overtime. uh, He had an absolutely sparkling save. Uh, he kind of got juked out when a guy was in all alone, uh, took it, took the puck to his glove side and he just fought out laid out and was somehow able to get his glove out there to prevent a sure goal would have 
won Vermont the game in overtime, uh, saved UMass a loss on the record. It saved them an extra point in the Hockey East standings. So um, a huge save out of Henry Graham and probably the save of the season that we've seen. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to actually saving points, like schedule-wise and standings-wise, he definitely got us a point right there. I mean, that was a huge save. And I, I mentioned it on Twitter after the game. I mean, he never has the most orthodox saves, really. He kind of is just flopping around. I kind of call it like a like a discount, like a Walmart Dominic Hasek, like just kind of flopping around, you know, very unorthodox, wild-type save style. But man gets results, you know what I mean? I don't care how you do it. As long as that puck's not in the back of the net, you're doing your job well. And that's what he's been doing, man. I mean, I got to start putting some more respect on his name because – He's, he's making stops when it matters. And I mean, I'm, I'm starting like there, the whole new mass mentality of like, not thinking about like where somebody came from. Like when you kind of think about UMass, I think Graham's starting to kind of embody that a bit more. You know what I mean? Like we gotta, we gotta get rid of the whole walk on kind of backstory for him because he he's earned the praise that he's been getting, you know what I mean? He's played well, you know, he's gotten thrown into some frankly pretty crappy situations you know what I mean and he's he's made the best out of it so I think I think he's definitely worthy of uh the praise that he's been getting and he's been he's been doing his thing out there in net you know especially in some some situations where there's really not a whole lot to be happy about I mean we blow a three a three goal lead and then you know a one goal lead right after Ufko scores the other one and he comes in you know I mean granted he was a reason for the fourth goal or not the reason but he was in net for the fourth goal but he, he turned it back up in the shootout in overtime and he was doing his thing. So very, very happy for him, man. He, he was playing well. Yeah, absolutely. And very well might get the start on Friday uh, at BC. So look out for that one. Yeah. That'd be an interesting one. Yeah. All right. So uh, that's everything we got. Is there anything, anything else you wanted to say about these two games? I think we pretty much touched on everything. Yeah. I mean, if I feel like beating a dead horse, I can talk about how we choked away the third period, but I feel like we're going to keep the horse alive for a little while longer. And I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll keep that, that notion on the back burner going forward, but yeah, tough, tough series overall. Yeah. Why don't we give a little hockey East standings update real quick? Ooh, haven't done that in a little bit. So after these two games, uh, really would have helped if UMass got those two extra points looking at this now, because right now they are tied for ninth. Um, they have two games in hand over Vermont or over New Hampshire, who they're tied with. So you'd, you'd hope that they can jump them there to be uh, all alone in ninth place. They have 19 points. Boston college is in eighth place. They have, uh, they have 21 points. So those two points would have made you tied with Boston college for eighth. Um, and put you into a spot to get a home game in the hockey's playoffs. That's how important those two points what were. So um, Maine is uh, moving up. They got 24 points now. So they've been on a hot streak lately. Uh, it seems like sixth place Providence at 30s kind of uncatchable at this point, the way that we've been playing. So um, big series coming up against BC, just two points separates the two. Yeah. I mean, knowing how like the last time last year when we had to you know we had some pretty important point implications and we had to play a bc towards the end of the season we folded a little bit so i'm a little nervous to see how that shakes out uh i think we play them in chestnut hill not boston they play in chestnut hill it's chestnut hill college very big difference there (laughs) Uh, we play them on friday there and then they come to to mullins on saturday but yeah, man, and Conti, I'm a little, little nervous, but I'm really hoping that we can get some some important points there because, I mean, I think home ice is going to be huge for us. You know, I feel like we've been a, a much better team at home as opposed to being on the road. So we'll we'll see how it shakes out, but I'm really hoping we can get some some big points there. Yeah, I hope so too. And UMass, uh, it's in their own hands. I mean, people that are in front of them, BC and Maine, uh, the two spots above them. So uh, take care of business and you'll put yourself in not a good place, but a decent place. You're going to have to play the opening round, but at least get yourself a home game. Uh, like the players say, you just got to get hot. So uh, easier to do that at home than going up to Maine or something like that. Certainly. All right. I think that was everything we wanted to get to. Um, real lost opportunity, but um, can't dwell on it too much. You got a BC team who's really played you well the last few years coming up. So got to get ready for that one. We appreciate you guys for listening. I know this was a bit of a longer episode, but 
thank you for staying tuned. Oh, actually, do you want to, do you want to give your, uh, your little story of what happened this weekend for the oh, people that are still around? All right. Very, very brief, brief version. I got into a nice little car accident on my way over to, to Mullins on Friday, really unfortunate circumstance. Basically I'm driving on route two, the, the classic, uh, journey, if you will, on a Friday, Friday afternoon leading into Friday night. It's maybe, I don't know, four, four 30. If my boss is listening, I'm snitching on myself a little bit. I left work a bit early. Please don't be mad. Um, and there it was, I guess, towards dusk, I guess you would say like, you know, sun was kind of setting cars, maybe two, three car lengths in front of me, all of a sudden just jams on their brakes. And I'm like, all right, what's going on here? You know, and I start jamming on my brakes too, thinking what the hell, like, why are you genuinely stopping on the highway? And I was within maybe six inches of their bumper. Didn't touch them. I'm patting myself on the back there. Pretty happy. I didn't, I wasn't a part of, you know, I wasn't the cause of an accident. You know, I wasn't the one hitting somebody. So as I'm patting myself on the back, wiping, wiping the sweat from my brow, if you will, then my car starts to lurch forward and I hear a boom behind me and I see a literal human, uh, a human man in my, my left window, basically pressed face up against a guardrail on my left-hand side. Turns out it was a motorcyclist who hit the, the back left-hand bumper or like portion of my car, ended up popping my back left tire. Luckily, he was okay. Obviously, everybody ran out, checked up on him. He was good. His thigh was a little bit bruised up because it, he whacked it off of my tail light, basically. But I mean, it is what it is at that point. But yeah, it was a little bit of a of a, of a detour for me going up to the UMass game. I had to change the spare tire. I was driving around on a donut for a little bit more than I would like to admit. But that's that's what you got to do when you're trying to make it up to Mullins. You know, I mean, I had to had to stay dedicated. I had to make my way up there. I said. The car is fine. It's missing a piece of its bumper, but it's it's structurally sound. I'm going to ride this thing until I get to Mullins. So we ended up making it like 10 minutes before puck drop, feeling pretty good. But uh, yeah, the amount of paperwork that I got to fill out right now is pretty unfortunate considering I've only had the car for like four months and now I already got something on the Carfax report for it, which really sucks. But uh, yeah, it should be getting fixed pretty soon. I might have to mooch a ride off Cameron up for the, the Saturday game because I won't be having my car most likely. But yeah, stay safe out there, guys, when you're driving up to UMass, I guess. Make sure you're vigilant for people stopping in the middle of a highway because it's really important stuff. You got to always remain vigilant. But, uh, yeah, you know, we're we're all right, and that's all that matters. Everybody's safe and sound, but definitely an inconvenience to be sure. Yeah, that's some dedication still being able to get to the game for, for this UMass team. You love to see it. Glad everybody's okay, obviously. Yeah. It's the most important thing. but. Um, yeah, thanks for sharing your story. Hey, thanks for prompting it when I wasn't even 100% sure if I was going to tell it or not, but here <laughs> we are. All right, so yeah, if you're if you're still with us, thank you guys again for listening. Uh, we love you guys. Uh, for those of you in Sweden who are listening, you guys got us to this 16th spot on the, the podcast charts for hockey in Sweden, so thank you for that one. Um, yeah, appreciate all your support, guys, through this tough season obviously we appreciate it and the team does too Thanks, go everyone. UMass go UMass take care everybody and don't stop your car on the highway for god's sake